Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome to episode two of Sitting Courtside, numero dos. You know, we're two episodes in. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. And I'm just ready to rock. How are you, Dante? <laughs> Jerry, just like you, I'm ready to rock and roll. Last week, we kind of gave our introduction, gave a little background about each other. Now that these people know who we are, what we're about, and, you know, our fandoms, all this and that, I think it's ready. I think we're ready to just, like, jump in, just start talking basketball. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think we really have to, to cut any corners here. I think we can just go right into it. Yeah, I think that's, like, the main point now. Like, if they have any other questions, you have all the socials that we gave you from, you know, the last episode, which we'll be glad to give you guys at the end here. But Yes, sir. Yeah, for sure. Nah, man, let's just jump straight into this thing. Let's do it. What's at the top of my mind for this episode is really who's going to win Rookie of the Year. Mm. Obviously, we talked about the hype of Wimby last episode and just how great this kid could potentially be, especially in year one. Pretty sure we talked about averages and where he might be able to be at. Yep. But um, now it's just it's not just Wimby, though, that's going to be an impact player in this rookie class, right? Chet Holmgren's going to be a big a big piece for the Thunder, who's technically going to enter his rookie season since That's he didn't right. play last year. Uh, Cam Whitmore is probably going to be the biggest steal of the draft since he was mm -hmm. a projected top 10 pick and fell all the way to 20 to the Rockets somehow. And he's also going to be playing with another guy who's going to be competing for the award in Amen Thompson. So there's a lot of big-time names. So the question to you is... Who do you have winning this thing? Obviously, the favorite is definitely Wimby. Mm -hmm. But are, are you an outlier? On the, are you have some other type of answer for me? Or are you with everybody else? you with the crowd? Sometimes I feel like the obvious choice isn't always the right choice. Because, like, obviously all the hype is around Wimby for, for great reason. I mean, there's no reason why he shouldn't be the favorite to win Rookie of the Year. I mean, like you said, we gave our predictions last week. And I think my predictions ended up being, like, close to 20 points, eight rebounds, and about two blocks a game. And, like, if you're a rookie putting up those numbers, you're probably going to win Rookie of the Year. But we can't we can't forget about the other talent that's coming out of this draft class. And also, last year, like you said, Chet Holmgren. I mean, he missed his entire rookie year, so he's eligible to win the award this year since it will technically be his first year in the league. I, I think... The easy answer here is yes, Wembenyama is going to win Rookie of the Year. But I would like to kind of go over these rookies that you mentioned and kind of give a fair case to them winning it. Because just as good of, like, you know, we gave all these reasons why Wemby's going to win it, there's just as many good reasons for these other guys as well. I mean, Chet Holmgren, I think he's the the clear number two behind Wembenyama, in my opinion, because I'm curious to hear what you what your thoughts on him are. Because when he got drafted last year behind um, um, behind Paulo, you know, he was a unicorn coming out of college. You know what I mean? Like, everyone's talking about this, like, super tall, lanky kid that could run the floor, has handles, can, you know, shoot, do all these things. And we weren't able to see that. So, you know, we're going to see Wembenyama make his debut. But Chet Holmgren, I mean... Not to say that they're the same player, but they're they're similar in a lot of ways. So Chet can make a huge impact on the Oklahoma Sea Thunder and in the NBA, just like Wembenyama can, honestly. And even right. the uh, the Thompson twins, I mean, they're both like, I think they're both very NBA ready, considering they played an overtime elite. Um, so they got a little jump start um, before going into the NBA. Uh, both these kids, I think, too. Um, what helps you stand out 
um, and what helps like, you know, with your numbers and stuff, your rookie year is where you are, like what team drafted you. So we look at the Thompson twins, um, you know, the Rockets and Pistons, two of the worst teams in the NBA last year, you know, it's going to be easier for them to carve out a role and find their place on a team like that, because, you know, a team that's struggling, they got you for a reason. So you're probably going to be one of the more, um, you know, prominent or most used players on the team. So I think either of those guys are going to have good showings and a good, um, you know, a good opportunity to put up numbers and be in that conversation. And I mean, then we have number two and three, Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson, Brandon Miller on the Hornets. I, I'm, I won't, I won't lie. I'm not a thousand percent sold on him. Um, I understand, you know, he had, he was a great scorer at Alabama and stuff. And he has a lot of great qualities that can translate over to the NBA, but there's not, there's not much hype around him. Um, or, you know, maybe that's to my fault. So I don't really, I don't know if I can speak too much about him. And then Scoot Henderson, that's all based off of what happens with Dame. I mean, I, I'm sure we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit later on with some new updates with Damian Lillard. But if Damian Lillard is still in Portland, Scoot, he, he might not do that well. His rookie year might not have that many opportunities. But if Damian isn't there, Scoot could, I mean, to be completely honest with you, he could be like, him and Chet could be neck and neck as far as competing for number two. And Scoot could easily uh, win that rookie of the year, I think, if he's leading the Blazers. Um, it's going to be very... It's going to be exciting watching this rookie race because I think there's going to be a handful of guys that are making a very good case to win it. But put a gun to my head right now. You're telling me who I have to pick. I, I don't want to be that guy, but I think Wamanyama. It's it's just too easy of an answer. No, I mean, it's it's not like it's a bad answer either, right? I just feel like it's it's very safe. Mm-hmm. It is. To, too safe, maybe. That's, that's how I feel. Like, you literally started <laughs> off your – your rant just now with sometimes the safest response isn't always the best, Correct. you know, and yeah. I'm going to take your word for it. I'm, I'm going to take your advice because I'm actually going to go with Chet Holmgren, I think is going to be my favorite. Although I think the situation that Wimby's in with like how we touched on last episode, if you guys need to go back and watch that, take a peek about the young talent with Keldon Johnson, Vassal and Trey Jones. Like there's guys that could help Wimby be successful, but, I don't think either of us are penciling penciling in the Spurs to be a playoff team. Playing Correct. at best. Yeah. But maybe we don't factor in team success as much for that award, for the Rookie of the Year award. But I think it kind of has to be a factor when I look at Chet because it's similar to what happened with Ben Simmons and Blake Griffin. Both guys were the number one overall picks in their respective draft classes, got hurt, sat out an entire season, and came back the next season and dominated. Blake mm-hmm. was a 20 and 10 guy. I believe Ben Simmons was averaging around 14, 8 and 8, despite what we say about him today. Uh, I was going to say, that seems like that was so long ago he was putting it, up those numbers. It does. It definitely does. But And then we have the guy, the actual rookies that were drafted that year, like John Wall, who was basically robbed, who had a great rookie season, but mm-hmm. Blake Griffin was there. And then for Ben Simmons' draft class, Donovan Mitchell, who had a great rookie season. If Ben Simmons didn't miss out that year, Donovan Mitchell gets rookie of the year. Even um, Tatum, I think was that that was uh, Tatum's rookie year too. I think that was when um, 
not to say that Tatum, uh, he should have won, but I think that was 2017. I think that was the year Ben Simmons won Rookie of the Year. Yeah, I believe. I believe. Yeah, so. that was a crazy. That was a crazy race to win Rookie of the Year. It was ben, ben Simmons is still at one well, notch above those guys at that yeah. point in time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I can see the same thing kind of taking place for Chet Holmgren. I think playing with an MVP caliber player in Shea, and also you have Josh Giddy. Also, you're getting just a really good all co- altogether cohesive young group which is filled with young talent that I love and I could really see OKC making the postseason and Chet Holmgren could be a huge reason why so like, can I can I ask does so when it comes to NBA awards and stuff like that I feel like each one carries a different weight so like with MVP for example like you have to be on a good team to be considered to be the MVP like we when Westbrook won it, he was the Thunder were the eighth seed. I think it was one of the first times in history that an eighth seed, uh, think, a player in eighth seed like won five or six seed. The Thunder weren't that bad, but they were like right. the fifth or sixth seed. With this. Right, they were. Yeah, they were. They weren't a top four seed. I think it may have been like anyone. Like if you weren't a top four seed, like the number of players that won the MVP below that are like very minimal. Um, but rookie of the year is that something that? Uh, that carries weight, like the team that you're on, because obviously, like you said with Chet, like he's kind of stepping into a compared to like a Rockets or a Pistons, like the Thunder are much more like they they know what they have, like they have a solid grouping around Chet, so which may give him an advantage as far as you know record wise. Does a record final record kind of play into who you think should win Rookie of the Year? Or is that just something that that helps at the end of the day? It's just something that helps, like. Mm-hmm. We, we accept the fact that, like, when you mentioned the Thompson twins, like Amen and Asar, both guys are coming into situations where the culture still needs to be built up. Big time. So, like, Monty Williams and Ime Udoka have a lot of work on their hands, the respective head coaches for both of those teams. But it's definitely not something that could derail your, your chances of actually taking home the award, right? Because, like I just said, I think OKC actually has a shot to make it into the postseason this year. And I think Chet is going to be a huge reason why. Because they needed that rim protector. They needed a guy who could stretch the floor at that position. No no disrespect to Robinson Earl and the the rest of those bigs at, in OKC. But Chet should be a starter from day one. Yeah, absolutely. He's a, he's a guy that can no average around 15, maybe eight to nine rebounds and two to three blocks. Like Similar to similar women Yama. Similar to one. Almost exactly. identical. I think your stat line for what you had for women Yama last week was just very close to what you said yeah. for Chet right there. Those two in my head are, are going to be neck and neck for the award all season. And also we're going to be checking the rookie ladder just to see who outdid who each week. Right. And except the fact that I think the team success from the Thunder is going to be better than what we're going to see, see from the Spurs. Because I think the only thing that the Spurs have going for them that's better than OKC is the coach. Because, you know, Greg Popovich is a fucking legend. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, enough said about that. I think yeah. he's going to be coached better and the mentors around him and Tim Duncan and Dave Robinson, David Robinson and all that. It's going to be great. That's Yeah, we didn't even mention that last week. We didn't even mention the fact that they're already having him go out to dinner with these legends, Parker, yeah. Ginobili, and all this Chico. stuff. Like, that's that goes so far. So far. But... What I would say, even though that's awesome for Wimby, Chet got to sit out an entire season to sit on the bench, either take notes, still got to work out a little bit, very light workouts. Obviously, obviously it was a Liz Frank injury with his foot. Couldn't do much. But getting to sit on an NBA bench for your rookie season, we hear it all the time whenever guys get hurt. Like Julius Randle broke his leg his rookie season. 
had yep. to just sit and watch the, the whole time. Like the other two names I mentioned with Ben Simmons and Blake. It happens all the time where we see guys and rookies, young players in general, just take notes and understand like, oh, this is what I'm going to be getting myself into whenever you I'm actually. You can use that. That's an advantage, honestly. And that's that's really my main reason too. Like the fact he, he's already sat on an NBA bench for an entire season and that I just feel like there might be a big fire underneath the kid that's like, damn, oh, people didn't forget about me because now I'm about to right. show him something, which he did in the summer league. So that's why he I'm excited. Look, he did look good in summer league. Yeah, that's why I'm super excited about where Chet's going to be at. But for the rest of the rookies that you mentioned, I got to show some love to my guy, Brandon Miller, man, like since, you know, I covered the team. Just, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that's fair. Like, I, I know I know what you said, that maybe you're just not all up to speed on them and you're not really buying in the hype. Mm-hmm. Trust me, nobody on social media is, especially <laughs> after. That's what I'm saying. I feel like going into the draft, like, you, you had a guy, obviously the Twins, Wemby, Scoop, and I feel like Brandon Miller, for a guy that went second overall, just was not getting second overall pick hype around him. It's like this. I mean, the, he did make more headlines and put more pressure on himself by calling he Paul did. George his GOAT. He, he okay. did do that. Yes, yes. So maybe maybe that's also part of the reason why I'm being a little more critical. But mm-hmm. the the guy played all the games in Summer League that was he was available in that he didn't get pulled out for. Scoot got exited early. Uh, Amen, I believe, exited early as well. And he still averaged around 17 points, four rebounds. I wrote an article on this like a week ago, so it's fresh in my head. But he averaged around 17 points, six rebounds, and around like three turnovers a game for his summer league play. Jason Tatum's stats were almost identical. And so were Paul George's. And obviously now (laughs) PG and Tatum are two of the best two-way guys in the NBA, right? 100%, yeah. I could see the same type of track that Brandon Miller needs to follow be on that path, except something that neither of those guys had when they came into the league was a superstar-level point guard. Like their first season. Sure. Having the mellow ball as a wing player, even as a big, no matter what you are in this league, if you have a superstar point guard, you're going to be in good shape. So I like the fact that Brandon Miller's coming into Charlotte and has LaMelo Ball to lean on. Like He doesn't have to create all his offense. LaMelo yeah. can do that for you. And if it's not LaMelo, it could be Terry Rozier. If it's not them, it could be Gordon Hayward or Miles Bridges. Charlotte yeah, he, has some nice veterans on their team. I was going to say that sound, they have a nice group to put around him for his rookie year. They really do. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm actually looking forward this year to actually covering this team. Not that I have in a year's past, but damn it, I knew <laughs> that we were going to be pretty bad year after year. So now I, yeah. I have a lot more. I'm brimming with optimism for once. Okay. And, like, I, I feel good. Since we're staying, since we're staying on, I have to ask you what, where, <laughs> where do you see the Hornets finishing next year? I we uh, this is like we could save this conversation like the full breakdown predictions for another episode. But since we're here, I have to ask you if you're you're so optimistic, where where do you think the Hornets are going to finish next year? Realistically, I mean, like you can say like they they have potential to be a playing team. Like like what what do you see for them next year? I I actually do think they will be like. A playing team. Okay. Think about it. Think about it. Like, we're going to get into this later in the show for one of the topics I have listed out. Mm-hmm. But the top teams out east, you know, automatically is Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia. Right. Yeah, you have your, your given teams. Yep. Yeah. And New York, maybe. Maybe you say New York's that 15. Sure. 
but I could see a world where Charlotte could contend with the New York. Charlotte could contend with an Atlanta who also made the postseason last year. And some yeah. of those other bottom feeders that are near near at the bottom of the East, like like Chicago. I could see a world where Charlotte could slide. Best case scenario, they slide into the five and six spot. Best case scenario. Okay. What I realistically see happening from it, though, is being a seven to eight seed, playing, playing the playing games and actually winning it out to be that seventh or eighth. Like mm-hmm. I, I see that. I think that's that's realistic. They have a good looking starting lineup, especially with Bridges coming back. Hopefully, you know. That's right. That's so, right. Yeah. That was a I, twenty point score. Health. Health is the biggest thing. And Lamelo needs to stay healthy. If he's out there for, you know, a majority of the games, then I think that that's a very, very good possibility. Yeah. And to put a bow on on our rookie conversation, mm-hmm. I think the whole class is stacked and it's gonna be one of the better ones probably within the last five to 10 years, I could say for sure, but I'm excited. I'm excited for it for sure. So gun to your head right now, someone asked you who's winning rookie of the year. Who are you going with? I'm, I'm still going to tell you Chet Holmgren. Chet. I am. I'm confident. I'm, I will stand 10 toes down on that to be real. Yeah. No, I think that's a, if I wasn't picking one, I get, I, I feel like I'm falling into the trap. I feel like I'm I'm being one of one of a billion right now picking Wembenyama, but it's it's, it's too it's too safe. It's too safe of a pick. You know what I mean? So if anything, for he's gonna be a top candidate. So I, I gotta roll. I gotta roll with my guy. But let's kind of we we let's jump into this topic because we kind of already kind of briefly briefly talked about it a little bit. We talked about. Scoot Henderson, I, I brought up Scoot Henderson being, you know, a contender for Rookie of the Year, but it really depends on his the starting point guard for Portland Trailblazers and where he's going to be. Damian Lillard, last week we talked about him. We talked about the situation, everything going on, Miami, the holdout. He only wants to go to Miami. We talked a lot about that. Again, if you want to check that out, go listen to watch episode one on YouTube. Spotify app music wherever you listen to podcasts. Check that out. But we have some new developments since we talked last week about Damian Lillard. And it's the fact that the NBA sent out a memo to all 30 teams basically saying that um don't like basically don't listen to this whole Damian Lillard stuff. If he gets traded to you, like he's gonna report, he's gonna do this and that. Basically, just like the NBA was pissed off that MB- that Damian Lillard and his camp were saying we're only going to Miami because we again, we talked about this. Like I understand where Lillard's coming from. He was loyal to his his uh, franchise organization. Wants to go somewhere he wants to go to. You know, like they should fulfill his wishes, whatever. But the NBA does not like that because it just it's it, it's a bad look. Um, so that's the newest development there. Now, kind of going off of that, do you think this changes anything with what's going on with Lillard and the whole going to Miami? Like, does this really do anything? Because I I personally don't think it does. Hell no. <laughs> no. It doesn't do a damn thing. Like, what is it? A slap on the wrist? Okay, what are they going to come out and say something again? What are they going to do? Find him? Come on. Like, at this Nothing. point, I, I respect I respect Adam Silver for trying to put his foot down mm-hmm. and help everybody understand, more in particular Dame and his camp, that, hey, if another team makes a deal for you, you're going to show up and play. Right. At the end of the day... You can't force another man to pick up a basketball and play for an organization he doesn't want to. Yeah, he's going to get fined. He could lose out on money, yada, yada, yada. But what team really wants to risk that? 
knowing all that information that I have to waste assets on an asset that might not even suit up for me at any point in time. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pointless. Like again, Adam Silver, respect the hell out of you, man. You're trying to put, you're trying to put your foot down on this weird <laughs> player empowerment shit, man. And I get that. Yeah. I, it's, it's awesome that he, that he tried to do this, but he it's wants also- to keep it fair. He wants to keep it fair and I get it, but yeah, it's just but cute. Though. It ain't doing shit. It ain't going to do shit. Absolutely not. Um, and even then there, were, and there was another thing I saw today where it was like, if he doesn't get traded, he'd show up to camp, blah, 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 blah. But I'm not even, I'm not even looking at that. I, at this point, Miami, I think they're just waiting until the last minute to send something off. And it's going to come down to Portland just biting the bullet and just doing what they got to do to, to, to get everything cleared before the season starts. Cause I think at the end of the day, he's still going to go to Miami. So it'll be a, just another little um, footnote in the, in this whole saga that is Damian Lillard and the Portland trailblazers at this point. Um, but yeah, just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that. I mean, it, yeah, that's why I figured nothing's going to change. He's still going to be a Miami heat by the time the season starts. So just, just like, just like we said in the last episode though, I do think that he does start out training camp in Portland because okay. I feel yeah. like they are going to drag their feet on the Like Portland is the one that's holding it up at this point. Mm-hmm. So it might be a foregone conclusion in all of our minds, but they, they hold the ball. The ball's in their court right now. They don't have to do anything. They don't have to do a damn thing if they don't want. So we'll, we'll see how that unfolds. We still have, when does training camp start? Uh, I want to say, I want to tell you around next month, like later in September, maybe early October, that's when we okay. start preseason games and stuff. So. so we got about a month and a half until training camp starts. So this whole saga is going to go on a little bit longer. Yep. Well, from one superstar point guard that's trying to figure it out, let's jump to another one who landed with a new team this season, this offseason, mm-hmm. and Chris Paul, which... <laughs> Which, you know, I'm kind of shocked that we didn't bring this up last week. I we guess didn't. It, it just kind of like slid past us. I don't know how. But for those who don't know the situation by now, Chris Paul was traded to Washington initially by the Suns in exchange for Bradley Beal, super team out in Phoenix now. That's shocked. Shocked he didn't stay in Washington. <laughs> shocked. <laughs> but, yeah, obviously, it, that's, that's sarcasm coming out of us. But yeah, yeah. I am shocked that the Golden State Warriors – made a trade for a guy who's been their rival for the last like six to seven years or so. Oh yeah. A guy that's had a lot of different battles with their franchise point guard and Steph Curry and really the rest of the Warriors. Draymond and CP are on record saying that they don't really like each other. Draymond literally came out after the trade and goes, listen, I've said stuff about him. I can't take it back. We're just teammates now. You're just teammates now, dude. I'll tell you what it, that may have been the most shocking move of the offseason. Like, obviously, when Chris Paul got traded to the Wizards, we figured he was going to get bought out. He was going to get traded somewhere else. But it was, you know, there were a handful of teams that were, you know, being thrown in the mix of where he could go. People were, you know, wondering where he, you know, could fit in. Obviously, he's, what, 37, 38 years old at this point in his career. He definitely uh, definitely doesn't have many years left in the tank. And all of a sudden, the Golden State Warriors trade Jordan Poole in a first round pick. Was it a first? I think it was a first round pick, right? It was. They traded a pick as well. I believe. so. And you know, 
I don't know. I st- I still don't know how I feel about it. I don't know. Like, it should work because, like, Chris Paul, I think, is the ultimate. I mean, I have, I have a an admiration for Chris Paul. I've had this debate many times. I don't know where you sit on this. I think Chris Paul is one of the best point guards of all time. I consider him a top five point guard just based off of floor general, just being able to lead a team and just being able to set an example and just, you know, lead by example as well. I think Chris Paul is one of the best ever to pick up a basketball. So with that being said, I would think that him coming over to a team like Golden State, uh, this, you know, well-run organization that has obviously championship experience. He's coming, he's going to a team with three guys that have four rings. Um, You'd think that it would work, but at the same time, it's going to be interesting to see how they, how they do it over there with lineups. Obviously, you know, we don't know if he's going to be starting to come off the bench. We've kind of heard some stuff where Chris Paul is saying like, you know, he's going to obviously work towards being a starter, but that's not a guarantee. And this would be the first time in his career that he'd be coming off the bench. Um, you know, how him and Steph would play next to each other. Obviously, if Chris Paul's starting, they have to run a bit small. Clay would be your three at that point. Um, and then potentially Draymond, you can move him over to the five, if, you know, if you want to fill in that four with like a, a Kaminga or whoever. Um, I don't know how I feel about the Warriors going into next season. I, I genuinely don't. Like, I just don't know how that team's going to mesh. I I. I think if I had to pick a side, I think I'm leaning more towards they're going to be good and they're going to go back to being like, not so, the worries of the past, but like they're going to be good next year. But let I, me let me cut you off here. Then let me let me ask you. This okay, question. no, please, yeah. Do you think that he finishes out the season as a warrior? Because I believe he'll be eligible to be traded again in January, and that could still possibly be an option, especially if they struggle out the gates. Um, you know, I never really thought about that. I never thought about whether he was going to finish the year out. I was, I would more so think like, oh, like, is this this just going to be a one and done year? But I mean, listen, the Warriors are, they know how to win championships, clearly. Um, they, you know, it's a business at the end of the day, like with Jordan Poole. And I want to get into that as well. Just like the return for Chris Paul, because I, that's a whole nother thing. Um, Chris Paul, I believe, if it doesn't work out, I can see them trading him because, uh, again, they know how to win championships. If it's a move that they know they have to make and there's a return possible that makes their team better or, like, you know, bringing in someone that fits the team better, yeah, I can see it happening. And, like, Jordan Poole, they just talked about how, you know, we don't – well, uh, Dunleavy, he was just like, you know, we're not going to trade him. We plan on him being here for four years. Two days later, three days later, get shipped off to Washington. It's a business, you know. Like you can say one thing one minute, and then the next, you know, something happens. I, I haven't given much thought into whether I think Chris Paul will finish the season in Golden State or not. It comes down to how well they play. If it clicks, like whether he's starting or coming off the bench, if it works, keep him. Like you know, if the, if it's not broke, don't fix it. But if it's something where it clearly isn't working and this experiment just isn't it, you can't – the Warriors aren't in a position where Steph, Clay, and Draymond are older, right? I'm not saying that they're near the end, but like – because I think Steph can play, you know, a handful more years. But they're at that point in their career where you're not, try, you're not trying to waste these years. So if, you, if an opportunity comes, 
where you can get better by trading the guy that you just acquired, fuck it, pull the trigger. Um, will it get to that point? Again, I, I don't know. I, I genuinely don't know how the Warriors are going to be next year. Like I, I'm very curious to see how training camp goes and just how they figure out lineups and stuff. That That's really going to be the, the, uh, the tell um, uh, the telling sign for me of what how the season's going to be. But I'd love to hear what you have to think because I I genuinely don't know. I mean, I'm going I'm to tell you straight up, man. I, I don't think the Warriors are going to be all that great. No. Like, I, I no. give a lot of respect to their OG big three. Uh, I, I'm glad we saw Clay actually take a little bounce, a bounce up, you know, compared to what yeah. we saw last year. He was still like a shell of himself last year. But this past season, I'm glad that he, he bounced back this year. He looks good. You know, average over 20 points a game. I was happy for what I've seen from Clay, but he's still not the same player that he once was on both sides of the ball, more so mm-hmm. on defense. But my main issue with the trade was that I don't want Draymond to be my full-time starting center. That is not something that makes me comfortable. If I'm the if I'm a Warriors fan, if I'm Warriors personnel, I don't like my center to be 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, and then we're starting Wiggins, who's also around the I same was- I was just thinking, I forgot Wiggins. That's who I forgot, yeah. Starting Clay Thompson, who's also around the same height. And then Mm -hmm. Steph is going to have to be my two because Chris Paul is my height. Or he might be. (laughs) So, like, when I think about what the Warriors look like, it's not. I'm not saying that that starting lineup can't win basketball games. I I still think they're a playoff team. I definitely still think that's possible. But I could see them struggling with a lot of these teams out west that where they might be a little shaky down the stretch mm-hmm. where they could be a seventh seed because let's think about the top teams like the Suns have a big man in DeAndre Ayton. Oh, and by the way, KD seven feet, feet tall. Yeah. yeah. The, the Lakers, the Lakers have Anthony Davis. Yeah. Another now it's Jokic, obviously the defending champs. Yeah. Even the Kings with Sabonis, even the Kings with Sabonis right there. The Timberwolves with Cat. Like, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of good bigs out west that actually have a bag where they can score. Draymond is a supreme defender, one of the but, best there is in the business. But, but like you mentioned, he's aging, and I am not sure exactly what I'm going to get out of that 34 to 35 year old body, however old he is. I'm not sure. Yeah. But for to have him guard my center full time, if he was 28, 29, I'd be like, man, I don't even care. That's yeah. like Ben Wallace out there. I am cool with that. <laughs> it's not the same Draymond Green though. Bro. Right. Yeah. We're not looking at the same version of the same. Wade. This isn't 2015, 2016 Draymond. No. Exactly. We're eight years into the future. So I'm I'm a little skeptical about what that team's gonna look like. I I don't think they're gonna be very good. That's hmm. why, in my head, to answer the question that I asked earlier, I think they do move Chris Paul. And I think it'll be for a center or at least a bigger player or a shot blocker, or a rim runner, somebody with size. Because right. without a seven-footer, especially in today's NBA, where you have seven-footers that could do it all, we talked about Wimby and Chet earlier, we talked about Cat, we ain't even mentioned Embiid. Like, they don't, the Warriors don't have anyone like that. No. They don't. There's no. literally not a player on their roster that is Who, over 6'11". So if, if Chris Paul moves to the bench, the starting center, they still have Kevon Looney, right? He would be the starter, right? He would have to be. Looney would have to be the starter, but and, and again, he's like he's solid. He'll get you rebounds and he'll get you like you know up to ten points a game, maybe. But like he doesn't really have much of an offensive game like the, any of the guys that we mentioned earlier. I, I'll say this: I think 
about the starting situation. I think Chris mm-hmm. Paul starts, okay. but I think it's going to be in a staggered situation where maybe he plays for three to four minutes, then you pull him out. So yeah. Like, you know, let let the offense flow differently with Steph running the one again, and then when Steph comes out, you put CP back in before the end of the quarter. Like in my head, that's what I'm seeing. That's what I see happening. And again, I think they'll be good enough to make it to the postseason, but I do not think they'll be good enough to to compete for a title. This this isn't a a championship contending team in my head, right? So now. do you think? Because all right, so you think. They'll end up trading Chris Paul, you know, trade deadline, whatever it may be. Yeah. Do you think they just would have been better off like keeping Jordan Poole and trying to, you know, gauge the interest on the trade market for him at that point to get a big man versus Chris Paul? Because now it's like, you know, at least when you have Jordan Poole, it's like you have an enticing young player that puts up twenty a game, you know, on a on a contract four year deal, so you have him locked up compared to a thirty eight year old on a one year deal. It's like. I feel like you can get a lot more for the, you know, the first guy than the aging guy over here, you know? So, and that just kind of goes with the the trade in general. I'm still kind of like, I get it. Like, obviously there was beef between him and Draymond, which definitely wasn't reconcilable. Like they never got over that. So I, I guess it came down to, you know, they picked Draymond over Jordan Poole. For sure. Even then I like, I think the Warriors kind of got, I don't want to say got fleeced because that's kind of like a, like they really got screwed. But like, I think they definitely made a trade that at least in the long term hurts them because you also gave up a pick and I know that's down the line, but still just the fact that you had to throw that in to get a guy that might not even last the full season. I don't know, man. I, I really don't. It's an interesting situation because, you know, not that I'm trying to bash, you know, the point God, he does make, all the teams he's been on. In his I career. love Chris Paul. Like I said, I love him. Yeah. But it's, I don't know this team. I don't know. It's because Chris Paul, like throughout the, the stints of his career, he's played with pretty good pick and roll big men. Tyson Chandler in, in New Orleans, David West at one point. Yeah. You get to Houston, you get Clint Capella. You get to Phoenix, you get DeAndre Ayton. And- Even when he was in uh, LA, he had DeAndre Jordan and, and, Blake. and Blake Griffin too. Like, yeah. He's played with a lot of, pretty talented offensive bigs. He doesn't have that no, right now. He, even no. when he was in OKC, at least he had Steven Adams who, <laughs> wasn't, who wasn't bad around the rim. Like yeah, yeah. it's it's kind of it's a tricky situation, but to answer your question, I think Mike Dunlovey made this trade really for the future. Like I know we talked about they don't have a lot of years left. They can't afford to waste time. Mm-hmm. But trading Jordan Poole takes off that four-year, $128 million deal off it their It does do that, yeah. Mm-hmm. To where they could play play the field for the 2024 free agency, which I don't know how much money they'll have in stock after they gave Draymond $100 million. They still have to extend Clay, and obviously Steph makes over 200 So I, don't, like, guy, I know guys off the top of my head, guys like PG and Kawhi would be available in the 2024 free Anthony agency. Davis is going to be a free agent if he doesn't Maybe. pick up his player option, which I'm – Assume he does. I doesn't, but I don't know what the Warriors would be in the market for. I think yeah. they definitely had to move Jordan Poole ASAP though, because I don't. I don't want to kill the kid. I like. I don't want to. <laughs> but you got punched at the top of the season, and you held the grudge like a diva all year long. When honestly, you should have just demanded a trade right then and there if you were going to act that way. That's how mm-hmm. I feel, and okay. it kind of pisses me off a little bit because. 
Because, damn, like, what are you still doing here? Like, all right, you don't <laughs> like Draymond. Cool. Guess what? We're going to pick the guy that let us, helped us win four championships over somebody who just helped us win one. Like, right, exactly. He exactly. played a vital role for the 2022 squad, yes. But, but Draymond played a vital role for four of, four of them rings. You, you don't stand a chance. And if yeah. he, he had to know. I don't know if there was optimism about, like, yeah, nah, they're going to choose me over Draymond. I hope there wasn't. Because that's not the way this shit works. The only, the only way Draymond wasn't coming back is if a team offered him, like, an insane deal or something. And yeah. he was like, I'm chasing the money. Which, like, all credit to him if he did that. But, no, there was no chance that the Warriors – if the Warriors had to pick one of the two, we, we saw we saw their, their pick. So, And, you know, before we're off this, this topic altogether, we could jump because I know you mentioned you want to jump to this Warriors – not the Warriors, the Wizards' point of view. Mm-hmm. And – Obviously, Jordan Poole is in a new situation where he has the potential to be the face of the franchise. Obviously, Kyle Kuzma's there. Bilal Kuwabali's also there, the recent draft pick. So, so. They got. I think Jordan Poole's going to put up some numbers next year, dude. He put up off the bench, he was putting up 20 a game. Now he's going to have a starting role on a team where they're very young, they're 100% rebuilding in the sense. Um, I think Kuzma going to have great years. I can see Jordan Poole having an all-star level year, to be completely honest with you. I think he can put up all-star level numbers. I'm not saying he'll be an all-star, but I think he'll be like in that, like, you know, in the same sentence of the lower tier all-stars uh, that make the roster. But but you know what? I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. I mean, from a touches standpoint, even when he averaged 20 in Golden State with the second unit, they still staggered him a lot when he was playing with Steph and he was still playing right. with Clay. Mm-hmm. Now it's a situation where... You have Tyus Jones, who's an excellent point guard, who I love. So you have your true point guard, you have your two, you have your three or four, whatever Kuzma plays. I I like what could happen for Jordan Poole from an individual standpoint. I could see him averaging around twenty eight to thirty a game. I really? Ooh, yeah. No, I'm being. I didn't want to throw numbers out there because yeah. I was thinking he could put up like at least 25, 26 a game. Is where I was kind of thinking. Hey, he absolutely hey, could. This podcast is personality driven. I am. This is our opinion, bro. These are our takes, bro. Come on, Jordan Poole MVP next year. Come on. Uh, Okay, okay. (laughs) Kidding, kidding. Sarcasm, sarcasm, sarcasm. All NBA first team, baby. All NBA first team, baby. Yeah. (laughs) I do see. I do see a world though where the Wizards will be a bad team, but hey, they're kind of fun to watch. Like they'll be a fun team. Yeah, I'm sure. yeah, I mean, you got two young guys that you're going to have there for the next three, four years that are under contract for the next three, four years. You got something to build around. Um, obviously, they're not going to be great. Um, they're going to have a shit ton of second round picks over the next few years because of Bradley Beal um, and Chris Stapps, I guess. Um, so good luck to them. But it'll be fun to see. It'll be fun to see those two guys uh, do well next year. It's like the Sam Presti plan, you know, like. You flip your stars to try to try to get an abundance of first round picks, like except except uh, they just got seconds instead of first. Hey, that's the only difference. Maybe you land a Draymond. Maybe you land a Nikola hey, a Jokic, a Draymond, a Manu. Hey, you could put together a Hall of Fame team with those second round picks. You never know. <laughs> you, you really never know. But good fucking luck because I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> I'm not counting on it. I definitely, I'm not counting on it either, but all power to them. But we're talking about the Wizards being one of the worst teams in the Eastern Conference. 
let's talk about who we think are going to be the best teams in their respective conferences next year. So we kind of brushed upon it earlier with the East. We can get started with the East, kind of giving who we believe are going to be the top three seeds in that conference. Um, if you want to start, you can. If you want me to start, I don't mind. But I oh. think um, I think we're going to have I think we're going to have similar answers. I mean, for sure, you know, off the top for the East, I'm pretty sure I can speak for the both of us and say that Boston and Milwaukee are are the they're, top. They're interchangeable yeah. with one and two. I so I'll I'll say this and this you know, like I said last week, I try to I try to separate my bias from the Celtics. I try to keep it, you know, as <laughs> I try to keep my mind like NBA focused, not Celtics focused. I think Milwaukee is still. The, the favorite to be the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. I, listen, as long as they got Giannis and as long as they have that core group, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, who they just re-signed, Brooke Lopez I just re-signed. I mean, they're going to have a new head coach. They fired Budenholzer, which I'm st- I still don't know if that really meant anything. I don't know if they had to do that, but regardless um, – it's. I mean, it's. Fair. I understand why they did it, but like, I don't know how this new coaching situation is going to change anything. But that's that's to be seen. But as long as they have those core guys, like I mentioned, they're still going to be a one-two seed. With it doesn't matter who the coach is, they're going to still be a top team. Um, as much as I love the Celtics, I still don't think that um, they don't have anyone better than Giannis. He's as long as they have the best player, I'm putting them ahead of the Celtics. Yeah. No. I mean, hey. You pretty much said my spiel for me. Like, other than okay. the booting holes thing, because I, I, I'm going to tell yeah, you. Yeah, so I'm what do you think about that? that? You, you you think that that was a good move, them firing him? Yeah, yeah. I never – I wasn't a big fan. I've never been a big fan of booting holes, personally. Mm-hmm. Like, even – other than his Atlanta days when he first got his head coaching gig, I was like, oh, cool. Like, you know, he, he churned out four all-stars on, on one roster. That's yeah. awesome. That's yeah. dope. But when he got to Milwaukee, that didn't know – how to make adjustments. And that's what bit them in the ass some games, yeah. especially down the stretch of last year's playoff run and the one before that. Like, Boone is not a big adjustments guy. And, like, I, I, I didn't I mean, see when Giannis comes out and makes comments about his coaching and defensive stuff, like, that's it's not a good look when your star player is saying that. Because if, like, your star player starts to have doubts and you start seeing it like that, you got you got to get the coach out of there because if you have to pick one or the other, they ain't yeah. picking Giannis. So. And in terms in terms of the new coach, Adrian Griffin, man, hey, that's a former NBA player. Any former NBA yeah, yeah. player that's coaching a team is is good with me. I, I where, love to see it. Where was he before? He was the assistant. Um, was he in Toronto. 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 Gotcha. Other okay. big nerds. Under yep. Nick Nurse, so I'm I'm cool with it. But for the third team, for to to round out our top, well, my top three Eastern teams, obviously our our top two is the same. The third team is where it gets kind of interesting. Yeah, because, I you agree. Know, I, don't, I don't know for sure if James Harden's gonna be James Harden wants out of Philadelphia, and if he didn't, I would say off the top of my head, I got the Sixers. Mm-hmm. But wow. I, I think I have to try to show some respect to Miami because obviously what they did, but it's not like they made any major free agency waves yet. If they yeah. happen to get Dame, then I would have gave them that distinction. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. Currently, right now, today, on August 2nd, I can't – it's hard for me to say Miami and Philly because that can be totally different by mm. the time training camp rolls around. But for the sake of time, I, I'm going to say Philadelphia for the sake of time, hoping that Daryl Morey and 
and the guys will be able to figure it out with James Harden because James Harden led the league in assists last year while averaging 21 points. And no matter what people want to say about Joel Embiid's MVP, a Mickey Mouse MVP I'm seeing now, <laughs> the dude still averaged 33 points a game on, with 10 rebounds and over yeah. 50 shooting. I mean, so, I mean come on. Kiss my ass. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that Mickey Mouse MVP to who? That's ridiculous. He definitely he deserved the MVP to, to anyone uh, to anyone watching this. Just know that we both we both believe that was not a Mickey Mouse MVP. That's ridiculous. The third team, I'm, I'm with you. Sixers is like if Harden was still there, I think that's an easy pick because your assist leader with the scoring leader or you know scoring leader MVP obviously. It's hard to pass up on that duo. But there's a lot of question marks around that team. Same thing with Miami Heat. I want to give them that respect, but I, I don't think they made any major moves. They haven't done anything to really make them better so far. So with that being said, I think I really want to see I really want to see the Cleveland Cavaliers do well next season. I really like what they have going on over there. I love their mix of star talent like Donovan Mitchell, but also young talent with Darius Garland and Evan Mobley. I think Darius Garland's really stepping into his own and becoming a very good point guard in this league. Um, I think he's going to have a, I think he should have a very good season next year. He averaged 22 and eight last season. I think he can. There's still a lot of room for him to grow. I think he's going to make another big jump, big big jump. Um, Donovan Mitchell averaged 28 last year. I think Evan Mobley also is still like we're still waiting for him to make that. I think people kind of, I mean, me especially. I think some people expect him to make that big jump from his freshman to sophomore year. We didn't really see a crazy jump there, but I think you know another year under his waist, he got playoff experience and stuff. I think you'll see those guys really make a step forward. I think Evan Mobley also is like one of the best young big men in the, in the game. So if those three guys like come out next year and they, you know, hit their potential, at least most of it, I can see the Cleveland Cavaliers like making a run at a top, uh, a top three spot in the East. And they were, they were the four seed last year. They weren't that far off. Um, so I think I, I want to go with the Cleveland Cavaliers because I know what they have right now. I know what they're going into the season with. And, you know, I think they're only getting better. So I'm going to put them as the three seed. I mean, I like it. I definitely that's, – that's not it's a different. team I really – Yeah, no, nah, like it's it's smooth though because you already mentioned all the points. And I think I think most of us are probably going into this season as well with this being Donovan Mitchell's last year probably with Cleveland because I don't think sure. he resigned. So mm-hmm. I mean, it could it could be a matter of hey Cleveland needs to play great maybe in order to wow your big time free agent that's about to hit the market to stay. Mm-hmm. So DG is going to be a big part of that. Evan Mobley taking a step up is going to be a big part of that. And hey, I, I like it. I like it. Karis Levert's a good bench piece for him. Karis Levert's a good bench. Him. Jared Allen said uh, in the, well, after the playoffs that like the lights were a lot brighter than he expected to. He needs to cut the shit with that. He needs to uh, <laughs> he needs to stop with those quotes. And just get back in the gym and get ready for next season and the next playoff run because he's also a very good player. But I like it. It was it, he did have a tough matchup in the first round. But that's the Eastern Conference. Let's get into the Western Conference, which I think it's not going to be as um, as easy as simple with the Eastern Conference because I think there's a lot of teams that can make a run at the top three seed. There were teams last year that. 
you know, at one point were a top seed and then injuries happened, they fell down. And there are teams that underperformed that, you know, could come back, you know, go back to being a top team this year. Um, I want to hear what you have for the Western Conference first. I want to, I want to hear, I, I saw when I said that, you gave a little look like, damn, I wish, I wish I didn't have to go first. But this is kind of <laughs> hard. This is kind of hard. It's tough, man. It's tough. I mean, I think I had to give respect to the champs. Um, mm. in, in no particular order, I'm, I'm not going to put this even in order, but okay. the Nuggets are one of the top three teams. I think they have to be. They're the most well-balanced from what we saw what them do in this past postseason. They only lost four games in this in that whole run. So, yeah, I mean, you know, all respect to, to the two-time MVP in Nicole Jokic and the rest of those guys. And Jamal Murray. Back in tip-top shape again, so yeah. thank God they definitely have to be in there. Uh, the second team, see, two and threes was where things get kind of the the water gets a little murky. But right, man, I because you have I, to you have to consider too, like the regular season. Not everyone cares about the regular season as much, you know. It's like okay. we're not gunning to be a, a number one seed anymore. We're just you know trying to make the playoffs. So once you get there, you know, fuck it. You know, it doesn't matter at that point. Yeah, if, if we're just talking strictly being in the top three seeds, I'm, I'm going to go Phoenix as well. Like, okay. it's kind of hard for me not to not to put them in that. I mean, they have three of the best perimeter scorers in the league. You could argue yeah. all three of those guys are top ten in terms of scoring from the perimeter and just, damn, like, it's it's hard. It's hard not to put them in there. And the bench pieces that they acquired over this pre- previous, like, you know, couple months or whatever and Eric Gordon they signed Bull Bull I love you to water like yeah. I, I just I like what they did like they they addressed the issue we need a bench yeah. and and they they, got they have a bench they have a bench definitely they got pieces and the yeah. third the third spot is that's where that's where it gets it gets really hard because the Lakers played really well down the stretch of the postseason obviously yeah made it to the Western Conference Finals got swept by the eventual champs the Pelicans were a one seed for exactly. a lot of January, like a lot of the early part of the season. And then Zion gets hurt. So can I really depend on his injury? Sacramento, they were lighting the beam all year. They were the third seed last year, too. Yep. And then, of course, you know, a team like Memphis, they're going to be 25 games without John Morant, but they have Marcus Smart and D Rose, like we mentioned last episode. Yeah. That could pretty much carry the ship. But, man, I. Even the Clippers, even the like Clippers. every single year, they're a team that you think is a favorite coming out of the West. But health, a lot of these teams comes down to health. Yeah, that you know that's what? the tough part. I, you showed your Bostonian side. <laughs> I have to stay. Come on, let it out. Let it out. Yeah, let I, it out. Got to stick with the Lakers, man. Like, let it out. Hey, they got better this off season. They're they're a much better team going into this season now than they were last year for sure. A lot deeper of a team. Obviously, I know LeBron's entering year 21. will be 39 years old, but... That's just a number at this point. That's just a number at this point. <laughs> I think... It could think... be year 30. It could be year 30, and people wouldn't be looking at it differently, so... Yeah, no. As long as AD... I need to see AD kind of seize control of the team here and, like, become that undisputed number one option. LeBron could definitely still do it at times, but... I need to see a more assertive AD. I don't want to rely on a 39-year-old. He shouldn't be our best player. He sh- yeah, he shouldn't. He shouldn't be. But sometimes that's, not- that's, that's how it works. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I respect – no, I respect that because I think that's a very like – it's not like a, 
like an outlandish pick where it's like no one thinks that they're going to be good next year. It's like, no, but they're going to be top three. Like, no, there's a very, very good chance. If Anthony Davis stays healthy, he's the biggest X factor, honestly. Like, obviously, LeBron needs to be LeBron, but AD needs to be there. So from my top three teams, I'm with you on Denver. It would, I would be stupid to not include them there. Um, Denver is definitely one of those teams. And then I totally understand why Phoenix is there. And may, this is kind of going back to the whole Wemby thing earlier with the whole rookie of the year. Like, I feel like it's it's like a given that they should be a top three seed. Like, on paper, they are for sure. They're a top three team in the NBA, period. Right? Hey, in the regular season, Book and KD didn't lose a game. They went 8-0. I know, but, 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 you know, KD has missed a lot of games. Booker even missed some games. You know, it's like, it comes down to health. And and again, like it's the regular season. At the end of the day, what you care about is when you're healthy for the playoffs. Like that's what you're aiming for. I don't know if I'm going to put Phoenix in the top three. I think I'm going to skip over them. I think though, I know, I know, but I think I'm going to, I'm going to, but I'm falling into this trap. I'm gonna put the Clippers. I'm gonna put the Clippers. I'm, I know. I know. It sounds crazy because hey, it comes down to health. But I fell for this trick for the last, for the last three, years. Four, three four done. years. I I'm know. I know. I know. It's, I hate it. I hate it that I'm saying them. But like, they should be. They should be one of the best teams in the West every single fucking year. But it's just Paul George and Kawhi, mostly Kawhi, but Paul George too. They can't stay on the floor together. And like Ty Lue, there was he said a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, he was like, you know, he talked to them about how we need to take the regular season more seriously. Will that happen? I don't know. But I think the Clippers, they're at a point now where it's like, how much longer can they do this? Right? Like are they really good? If they if it doesn't work out this next season, are you telling me Kawhi and Paul George are going to be back in the Clippers uniform together at Hell least no. the season after? Pro, there's a better chance they don't, right? So I think this is kind of the year where you know if they want to do it, this is the fucking year to do it, right? But I, we've been saying this the last three four years, bro. Oh, I'm done. <laughs> and I should be done too. I should be out of here. But they just. They reel me right back in. They just fucking hey, reeling me right back in. One of the in. teams in the NBA. I know it's ridiculous. In the league and tie oh. and they have two of the best two-way players. I get it. I made the mistake last year to pick them to go to the NBA Finals. <sighs> what happened? What the hell happened? I picked them. To, I'm a Lakers fan. And I picked <laughs> the Clippers. I picked the Clippers. I took my bias out and said, "Wow." wow. The Clippers Paul, are a better team than us. Like, yeah, and like Paul teams. George, and like Paul George is the goat. You know what I mean? So it's like <laughs> you know they they should be in the finals every year, right? But I'm going with the Clippers. I, like, I don't want to go in circles, but like they got at some point you think that they're gonna do it. But is it gonna be this year? We'll find out. I I, I at least think that they're gonna be a top three seed. And my third seed, Jerry, my third seed. I'm going to go with the Sacramento Kings. I'm keeping them in the top three. I I think Sacramento has a lot of momentum to go off of from last year. Obviously, they lost in the first round to the Warriors, but I think they're bringing back. They didn't. I don't think they lost anyone. If anything, they added guys. Um, but like they, 
I they were a fucking fun team to watch last getting, year, man. Getting Chris Duarte into that young Ooh, mix, yeah, what mm-hmm. they have in Sacramento is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, so that's who that they team. brought in. Um, I do. But yeah, I'm looking I, at I the roster, and it seems like it's Nerlens Noel, another guy that they added. But like, I just I, I like their team. I, I like their coaching. I like the way that they play. I the fan base I think is one of the best in the NBA. You have that when you play at home. I mean, it's hard to beat Sacramento in Sacramento. So I, I gotta give I gotta give love I gotta give love to them. I never thought we'd be saying that, like you know, right? The like. Not even what? three years ago, I was like, "Damn, Sacramento's basketball hell." So it's cool to see them where they're. I don't mind that pick. No, I'm, I'm actually cool with both your East and two of your Western picks. But you know what? <laughs> but both, both of us probably fucked up by picking either LA team because guess what? <laughs> both LA teams get hurt a lot. They do more than Clippers than the Lakers. Yeah. But I have more faith in LeBron and AD's durability. Then I do Kawhi and PG. And that's Kawhi, crazy, but you're Kawhi right. Kawhi and PG have missed more games than Anthony Davis. It's just that Anthony Davis plays for the bigger team in L.A. in terms of branding and also plays with LeBron James. So it's like, well, Anthony day-to-day Davis. He's made it <laughs> I get it. But on the other hand, the Clippers have failed to stay healthy for one for- single playoff run. We haven't yeah. seen the shit. I, yeah. Hey, man, honestly – both of us should probably swap out our third game. <laughs> because, like, it's not – like, I'm being so serious. No, you're right. But, I like being bold. I like being bold. Yeah, listen, not everything is straightforward. You, it's the NBA. Every single year there's always that team that, that – that surprising team that gets thrown in there or a team – you know, a, a big surprise. I, I, get, I have more faith in your Kings than I do the Clippers. <laughs> Be, I, like, when I tell you the last two to three seasons, I'm picking the other team in L.A. to be better than my team. To, season They beat us 11 straight times. Like, I really felt like it was going to be the Clippers' year last year, the year before that. And I was like, wow, they're going to derail the Warriors. They're going to they're gonna be the best team in the West. Kawhi gets hurt. PG gets hurt. Why is Russell Westbrook my best player down the stretch <laughs> of my postseason run? And he got there maybe two months ago. Yo, I'm looking for Westbrook to have an MVP season next year. That's how they. That's how they're a top three seed. That's how it works. I can't. I can't even fathom, like where your mind is with the Clippers. Like my mind well, right now, I, I'm like I'm on. I'm on the East Coast. I'm where my, I belong. My mind. My mind right now. Top three seed. Top three seed. That's where my mind's at. I, All right. I hope. I hope. <laughs> we'll see. Hey, like I said, that has to happen eventually, right? Maybe not, but all right. Let's get into some games, Jerry. We 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 got our topics out of the way. Let's get into some games. Um, I say we can go back and forth. So I can throw a game at you, then you can throw a game at me, and then we'll, we can do it that way. Um, you had a game for me that might be uh, very difficult for me. I want to start off with that. I want to get that shit out of the way. As we said, <laughs> I don't want to spoil. I want you to explain what the game is, but. To give a little background, last week I did mention we were talking about colleges, and this stemmed from when I said uh, John Morant went to Wichita State, which is very incorrect. He went to uh, Murray uh, Murray State. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yep. Murray State. See, I still don't even fucking know. I'm awful at colleges. And Jerry put a game together about that. So, Jerry, if you want to explain what you got from it. Yeah, for sure. You know, we got we got five guys. Maybe I'll throw in a bonus one if you're passing it with flying colors. If, if not... <laughs> 
you know, we'll, know. we'll just leave it at five. But I appreciate yeah. you having optimism, but I don't know if we'll need that one. I just had to test. I had to test out your gangster on this one, man. We got to see. We got to see what's up. But I need you to tell me where this player went to college. Okay. So let's kick this off. Got to bring up the All right. Note. All right. Let's do it. We're gonna start with a. With a with, let's start out with your Boston. Your Boston favorite, man. Let's just give me Jason Tatum. Where did Jason Tatum <laughs> go to school? Okay. Come on. Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum went to Duke University. I know that one. Yeah, I know that bad. one. See, I got in that bed. I'm not. Look, I'm not a. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm like a. Um, a casual. Like I know, like the bigger people and stuff. But once we get down to the, once we start trickling down a little bit, that's when it gets a little, a little tough. I think these are pretty easy. Like honestly, I'm okay. not even bullshitting you. All right, let's see. Let's see. Let's hit a retired player for this one. Where did Shaquille O'Neal go to school? Oh, he went to um, he went to LSU, and I I I remembered it because him. Uh, who do you say? Um, the 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 female basketball player who said she was the best athlete to ever play at LSU. I forget what her name was. This was this was after LSU won the championship. He was like, she's the best player, like in like LSU athlete oh, ever. Angel Reese, Angel Reese. Yes, yes, Angel that's Reeves. who it was. And yeah. even like people were just like, Shaq, like. Stop bullshitting. Like, you don't have to be humble. Like, you can you can say it how it is. It's all right. See, hey, look. You're two for two. Two you for two. All right. All right. I'm, getting, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling you should, good. You should, man. Let, let's let's turn up the heat a little bit. Let's turn it up. All right. <laughs> okay. Where did SGA go to college? Um, I know he went to a big college. Um, it's, it's an easy. This, hey. Yeah, he went to, um, he was coached by, um, uh, he went to Kentucky, right? Cal Perry coached him. That's right. Hell yeah! I remember, I could think of him in his in the blue and white, but I was like, I don't think it was Duke. I think it was Kentucky. All right, let's go three for three, baby. Come on! All right, you're good, man. Then we're, then we're gonna do like a part two of this game. You're gonna be giving me like second round picks or something like that, like <laughs> <laughs> international players or some shit. Hey, well, we got two more. All right, and they're both like they're moderate. They're moderately hard. They're not that bad, but okay. Where did Danny Green go? Oh Jesus Christ! Look at um, the players, baby. Okay, um, Danny Green, huh? Whoo, he's been in the league a little bit. Um, where did Danny Green go to college, huh? It's a blue blood. I'll, I'll Was it? So, so it was. It is a big school, like a well-known school. Fuck. Um. See, would you say it's a blue blood school? It's a blue blood. If you know your college hoops, you know exactly what that means. I uh, see. I was gonna ask you what the fuck. Does that mean? <laughs> I was like, is that a school that wears blue? Is that what it means? I was. I'll tell you this. You don't there's have to. A, there's a handful of schools. Okay. That are considered blue bloods. It's probably like five or six of them that are considered blue bloods. Okay. Okay. Um and I don't, I don't think I'm going to I don't think I'm going to pull this one out. I'm just going to go with um I feel like I've heard of this at some point in time, but I'm going to go Villanova. I don't think that's right though. Oh, no, nah, it's not. I, hey, hey. That's not a it's not a terrible guess. It's on the East Coast. You just got to go a little further down south. I give you one more guess. Come on. You got it. One down south. Um Okay. 
Um, okay, so if we went down south, I'm thinking like a forest school or something like that. Not so, not that south, a little more, a little up more. Oh, yeah, did he go to um? Did he go to Tennessee? Oh damn it, no! <laughs> Fuck! I thought I was. I thought I had something there. I don't know why. <laughs> no, he went to UNC Chapel Hill. Oh, oh, fucking North Carolina, of course. Oh, I can, I can literally like picture it now. Fuck. Yeah. All right, first one wrong. Okay, that's fine. We got one more. You can. Okay. You're gonna finish over 500 either way. Okay. So that's hey. That's I'll take it. I'll absolutely take that. For the last one, let's jump to a player who just drug his team to the finals, literally, in Jimmy Butler. It's this is probably the hardest one. No, I know he. I know he went to um because uh, it's where Dwayne Wade went to school. Yep, Marquette. 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 There it is. There it is. Come on, come on now. Who says I don't know colleges? Who says that? Come on. See, look, you went four and one. I'm gonna give you the bonus round. I'm gonna give you. Yeah, give me the bonus. I'm 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 riled up now. Give me the bonus one. We just talked about him. Well, about the team that they played for, rather. Okay. Where did Kawhi Leonard go? Oh fuck! Um, he went to a, a state school. Uh, fuck. Um, I uh, so him and Paul George both went to state schools. They did. And I'm th- I'm getting both. The- so I have I have San Diego State and Fresno State in my mind right now. I don't know. Oh fuck! Which one did Kawhi go to? Was it San Diego? No, I think Paul George went to San Diego. Fresno State might just be a random school I just threw. I don't even, maybe one of the they didn't even go to that one. Fuck! Where did Kawhi go? Um, I ugh, I think it may have been. I'm gonna go San Diego State. Good job. Was it? Let's go. <laughs> Where did Paul George go to school? You named it. You called Fresno. Out yeah. Look at you. You're not bad at this. Come on. Come on, everybody. Come on now. You kidding me? You gave me a game I didn't even ask for. What's I was just joking with you. I want to look good for the games. (laughs) 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 I actually know everything about college. All right, let's go. All right. Good start. Good start. Now, Jerry, I have a game for you. This isn't this isn't a game where you have to like, you know, have some knowledge about like statistics. Nothing like that. This is just an opinion-based game, but I'm going to have you blind rank these NBA legends. So basically how this is going to go, you may have seen these on social media. I have five players. I'm going to give you one player at a time, and I want you to blindly rank where they would go one to five and see like if you put together a solid one to five. You know, it, it can be hard to to get these, uh, you know, looking real good, so... Let's see what you do here, Jerry. I'm not confident. I I, I don't like this. This is going to be interesting. Let's go. The the first player I have for you, okay, is Dirk Nowitzki. Probably the greatest European player right up there with Giannis. Uh, I I will tell you, too, this is like a mix of like some older players, some not like – so it's a mix between older and like modern players. So it's not like one specific era. It's a little bit like not too far apart though. You'll, Damn. you'll see. Oh, you know, I'm going to put Dirk 
I'll put Dirk at five. I I don't I don't I don't know who else is going to be worse than Dirk just based. On, no, you know what? No, 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 no. I'm gonna say four. We're gonna put Dirk okay. at four. That okay. feels comfortable. Four is a four is a comfortable number because you can you still have room to put someone below him, but you also you have plenty of room above him. Okay. The next player I have for you is Isaiah Thomas from the Pistons. Isaiah Thomas from the Pistons. Oh, uh, man, hey, what you will learn the more you talk about hoops with me that I love IT, the original IT. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to put him at three. I do think he okay. is a notch above Dirk. I'm going to put him at three. Okay, not solid. The next player I have for you is Elgin Baylor, Lakers legend, one of the highest point-per-game scorers ever. It's such an odd mix of names. Already. Yeah, got, yeah. See, now he got. Oh man, eleven-time All-Star, Hall of Fame player, ten-time All-NBA, seventy-fifth anniversary team, twenty-seven point four points per game in his career. Woo. See, I might have, I might have put, I would, I would have put him ahead of Dirk mm-hmm. if I had known he'd be on his list. But uh, can you put him ahead of It? I don't want to. I don't. I, I yeah. can't do that. So I, I have to put Baylor at five. It, it kills me. You know, I, I know my Lakers lore. I love my Lakers history, but I, I got to put him at five. I fucked up by putting Dirk at four. So we're going to put him all at right. five. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. We got two players left, Jerry, right? These two are more modern players here. And the first one I'm going to give you is Dwayne Wade. Arguably one of the a top three shooting guard of all time. He definitely is. I, I I really am. I'm. I hate who's gonna be after him. I'm I'm gonna say he is. He's one. I'm gonna go one. Okay. Okay. Well, the last player I have for you, Jerry, and I, I, he's gonna get stuck at number two here. But I'm curious to see where you would have ranked him if not he was the last pick. The last guy is Kevin Durant. You know what? I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Like, I think KD, in terms of worse. talent, is a better is a better player than D Wade. But we're talking about career, like from a standpoint of like what they've done for the league and stuff. D Wade in 06 with Shaq winning that title was huge, mm-hmm. kind of carrying that Miami culture on his back and pretty much a lifer. You know, it was money issues that that got him out of Miami. But I'm cool with I'm cool yeah. with KD too. I think two's a Comfortable spot. A lot of people disagree with that. I get it. I think you could interchange him and Wade, but if you're talking about terms of career and not talent, I'm cool. I'm cool with those two being where they're at. Okay. So you're one to five, Jerry. We have a number one Dwayne Wade, two Kevin Durant, three Isaiah Thomas, four Dirk, five Elgin. How would you if you could go back and rearrange that, how would you how would you do that? I'm definitely swapping Dirk and and Baylor. I'd put okay. Dirk at, at five. I I had him there. You did. You said that at first. You you did say that at first. Playing playing games like this, you just don't know who's if I didn't know if you were gonna shit on me or not. You didn't really <laughs> shit on me that bad. You're like yeah. you're turtle headed on me. You gave me a number one and not a number two. Like sure, oh, like whatever. <laughs> well, I think I think you uh, you did very well there, Jerry. All considering that that could be very tough. So now, what's the other game you have for me? Let's get it. I call this game. By the decade. And we got two different categories for this one. So it's kind of like two games in one. Okay. 
And by the decade, we're not. I'm not going to go too crazy. I don't want to. I don't want to bore you with who did what from the 50s to the 80s. We're not going to do that. Okay. But we're going to hit the 90s through the 2020s. Okay. So we're going to start with who scored the most points in each decade from the okay. 90s to the 2020s. Can you name those four guys? Okay. Well, I mean, the 90s, I mean, that was Jordan era. So, I mean, like, I'll, that I'll, would... I'll stop you right there. Michael Jordan didn't have the most points in the 90s. He didn't. Okay. It's actually um, somebody that's above him on the all-time scoring list. Oh. Oh. Oh, fuck. Yeah, it's Karl Malone then. There you go. Right. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, okay, so 2000s now? On to the 2000s. Um, I mean, we're talking about all-time scores. I mean, Kobe Bryant. Um, you had Shaq, but he was kind of more early 2000s. LeBron was – he came in in 03, 04. Um, Kevin Durant didn't come in until, what, 06, 07, 07. So, I think I'm going to go with Kobe. Two for two, yeah. baby. Okay. Okay. I, I, I was like, I feel like that could be a trick one. I feel like Kobe was the easy answer there, but okay. 2010s. Oh, well, now we're getting into, like, this is when the NBA started to change a little bit. This is when, like, offense really started to go crazy, like, shooting and stuff. Because LeBron, you have Kevin Durant. I don't think it's him, but, I mean, even Steph Curry started going crazy, you know, when it was, like, 2013. Um I would not overthink this one. Yeah, I think I'm just going to go LeBron on this one. Ding, ding, ding. Baby. Yeah, okay. Fun fact, Steph and DeMar DeRozan have around the same amount of time. Dude, I saw a graphic about that the other day, actually, dude. Shout out DeMar DeRozan. I fucking love that, dude. He's a bucket. And then 2020s, I need scores. Top score in the 2020s. Okay. Well, it's a fun one. It's, yeah, we, we got started. three years under our belt. Like, I'm I'm gonna try. I'm thinking outside the box here. You got guys like Giannis. You got Tatum. You have Trey Young, even um, Luca, Embiid. Oof, um, oof. There's a ton. Um, shit. Even Don. Eh, no, maybe not Donovan Mitchell. I was gonna say even he might be able to give him some love. Um, since 2020, huh? Um, that was the year when Tatum started popping off. That's when he started was averaging like mid, like mid low twenties, and then he really started going. But I don't know. Um, I feel like I'm missing someone too. Harden wasn't. No, he at that point he wasn't scoring a ton. Oh, you said this was a fun one, so I feel like this is. I'm surprised you didn't name. I haven't named him yet. You have named him. Oh, but okay. your, your thought process on it, I'm surprised you didn't name this other person that I'm thinking of. Because, you know, you have to think about it from a standpoint. You mentioned Tatum, yes, but he was like a slow buildup where he right. just finally averaged his first 30-point season right, right. this year. Mm. So I'll let you know right now, it's not Jason Tatum. Yeah, I wasn't – yeah, I was definitely leaning more mm. – there's two guys I'm honestly – torn between i think 
I think I'm gonna go Luca. You're a good bit. You're a good guesser. <laughs> Let's go. I mean, yeah. I mean, I because I feel like when the 2020 started, he was already like he's been put. He's what his career average of 27 points per game for his career already. Like he's already putting up crazy ass numbers. All right, I was, the other guy. The other guy I was thinking of was Trey Young because I know he's had some. I mean, he had a 30 point per game season, not last year, the year before, I think. So, damn. All right, good shit. Yeah, that was good. Hey, you know what? We'll make and, this one even quicker so we can get through this this last game that I have. Okay. It's still, again, guess this stat by the decade, but this okay. time, who had more assists? And instead of going from the 90s, we can start it in the 2000s to now. Okay. 2000s, um, you had guys like Kidd, you had Steve Nash, you had um, – um, I mean, those – I mean – I love the thought process here. I think I'm trying to think of guys, Chris Paul, I guess, but like Nash and Kid were, they were coming out of the 2000s. They were they were already ready to go. Um, I think. Oh wait, who's all who's higher on the all time list? Actually, I can't ooh. tell you that. <laughs> no, I know you can't. No, I know because I that I think that gives that would be the giveaway. I think I gotta go with um. Ooh, I'm going to go with Steve Nash. Oh, no. No, fuck. Jason is it Jason Kidd? Kidd? Jason is it Kidd? Kidd. Fuck. Damn. I, ah, damn. I was like, once I thought of those two, I'm like, I'm not even going to think of anyone else because it's got to be one of those guys. Okay. 2000s? 2010s. 2010s, excuse me. Yep. Two, 2010s. Now you, got, now you got Chris Paul. You got LeBron. But I don't think it's it's not him. You know, John Wall had a few seasons where he averaged ten plus assists per game. And you know who else did? That may have been more. He may have been late two thousands. But I, give a shout out to Darren Williams. He had a few seasons where he was averaging ten plus assists too. So I, I yeah, not I, it's not him. But I'm 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 thinking you're gonna kick yourself in the ass if you don't if you don't say this name. I'm just going to put it out there. You are going to hate yourself. You will have problems sleeping at night if you do not guess this name. <laughs> oh. Ooh, okay. I think I'm going to go. It's 2010s. 2010s, Dante. In the 2010s, baby. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Chris Paul. No, no, who am I not? Who did I forget? Who did I forget? Hold on. This who guy won I... an MVP, Dante. Oh, fuck. Is it Westbrook? Yes, it's Westbrook. Oh, my God. I didn't even think of him, bro. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's uh-huh. right. I'm thinking of all these guys that had 10-plus assists for game seasons, and I forgot. Oh, my God. I just want you to think of a snarling Russell Westbrook. Go he, averaged, he averaged a triple-double, what, four straight seasons? Fuck. Yeah. That, oh, this is the that, flop of the podcast, right? Oh, that's a tough one, bro. Oh, that's tough. The, Damn. All right. We're going to get the last one here wrong for the 2020s. This one I, I didn't have as much. Oh, big. God. 2020s. You mentioned I this guy's name. I, yeah, I think I already kind of know. Is it is it Trey Young? There you go. That yeah, guy. okay. <laughs> Fuck! I could have swept this whole thing. Oh, my. I... Fucked up, dude. Jason Kidd, Steve Nash. I mixed those two up. I picked the wrong one, and I didn't I, even mention Westbrook. The reason I cut off the 90s, because I felt like the 90s was too much of a gimme. 
that's Stockton. That's easy. Yeah. And so you, I, I, I want to give a little shout out because we, we started with the 90s for scoring. I want to give a shout out to Alex English, the leading scorer of the 1980s, bro. Yeah. That guy was a fucking bucket, dude. No one ever talks about Alex English, dude. See, I, I didn't think you'd know that, so I No, dude that's, the, dude, that's the one I'd be most confident. I was, you're like, we're going to start in the 90s. I'm like, fuck, I wish I could have started with the 80s. That's like a that's like one of those like weird fun facts that like you just have to know. Like everyone think like eighties Jordan, Bird, whatever, but like English bro, he was nice. He was I, nice. Hey, you know what? I still have I have the other decade stats wrapped up in the vault. We can go we can go next week with it. We'll do we'll save those for next week. All right. Do you have another game for me? Or no, that's it. we're gonna I got one I got no, I got one more for you. I got one more for you. Let's this is more of a statistical one. And this is more recent. So it's not something you have to dig deep into the archives, okay? This is more fresh on your mind. So we're going to do a top 10 list of the leading scores from last season, but not points per game. This is just points scored in total. So I want you to give me the top 10. Like if you give me a player, I'll tell you where that player ranks on this list, but I want you to try to fill out the top 10 list. All right. uh, Off the rip, I'm going to say Joel Embiid. He was number two. Number two, I'm going to say Jason Tatum. That's number one right there. I, I kind of figured those two were like neck and neck. Embiid missed a couple of games. That's why it wasn't higher. Hit, if hit if Embiid played like two more games, he probably would have been number one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm also – I know he did miss some time this season. I'm going to say Luca. He was number three. Okay, so I got the top yep. three out the way. Woo! Yep. Uh, yes, you do. Let's see. KD missed a lot of time. I don't even really want to throw his name out. But you know what? I'm going to throw it out. Let's say KD. He did not, did not crack the list. I kind did of figured he the missed list. too much time. He missed, all, he missed some games last year, yeah. Uh, Devin Booker. He is also not on this list. Also wow. not on this list. There are – so there's a few names on here that I think, like – Given and then there are some that when I was writing it down, like one I forgot about, and two I was just like, "Oh shit, he he made that list." There's a few interesting ones on here. Uh, all right. Uh, damn. Okay. Try not to think like. Just try to think of last season. So, like, try not to think of like past seasons or anything of like you know guys that are always on this list. Think of like, like there are some guys that just like went off last year. You know what I mean? Donovan Mitchell. He is number eight, but he is on this list. Okay. Uh, and it, it sucks because a lot of these names that I'm thinking also missed a ton of time. Like, exactly. missed way too much time to be right. present on this thing. Obviously, That's why some of these people on here, like, you'll, once we reveal the list, you'll understand if you guess them as well. But some of these are interesting. You know, I know this guy's not a super big-time scorer, but he can do it when he wants. I'm going to say Nikola Jokic. No? Okay, all right. No, not on this list. That's a good guess, though. That's a good guess. I have Giannis here next, then. Yes, he is number five. So you have one to three, one, two, three, five, and eight. So you need four, six, seven, nine, and ten. And also, nine and ten is separated by one point. Like, one, one fucking point. So, That's so ugly. Eight actually eight to ten is only separated by nine points. Like it's once we get the bottom half, it's very close. Hmm. 
damn, this is pretty tough. Um, I'll tell you this too. The number guy that's number 10, he averaged 24.8 points per game. And I'm pretty sure that's the lowest out of, out of all of them. So just kind of give you a, an idea of, of the points per game. 20, damn. That's not even... Actually, oh. the lowest was 24. So the lowest was 24.6, and he isn't last on this list. Okay. Yeah, this is this is this is a tough one, but well, let me throw out another thirty-point score in okay. SGA. Who... He's number he's number four. Okay, like he's I'm number like, four. Oh, I don't know yeah. why I didn't mention that sooner. Okay. So uh, now you just you have the top five. You need six, seven, nine, and ten. Six, seven, nine, and ten. Six. Damn. One guy we've we've talked about a good amount. Uh. Over the last like twenty minutes or so. Oh shit, Steph Curry. No, okay. no, he's not on this list. No, Steph. We talked about not... twenty minutes. We talked about for twenty minutes. Especially in your last game, he got mentioned a few times. Trey Young. Yes, number nine. Okay, Trey Young's nine. So six, seven, and ten. Trey Young did have a down season this year, so I didn't really. Wasn't sure. Yeah, I didn't think he was – I did not expect him to be top 10 either. Uh, I'm not quite sure what Tatum's counterpart averaged in Jalen Brown. Maybe 10, that 10 spot? I'm shocked that he didn't make this list. He has like 23-something, didn't he? I feel he – like- <laughs> Dude, he – no. So, what, so what's crazy is – so 6 and 10 each average a little bit under 25, and number 7 averaged just slightly above 25. Jalen Brown averaged like 26, 27. He averaged like more points per game than these guys. But I think this just comes down to think, obviously think of who was healthiest last season, who played more. Damn, there's so many guys. There's one guy. I have one. I have one guest that's outside the box. Okay. And I don't know how much time he missed. I know he missed some games. I'm going to say Anthony Edwards, though. He's number six. Okay, boom. Number six, yes. That that was a very interesting one, too. So you have seven and ten. One of these guys, one of these guys, like, last season was, like, he's always been, like, decent, but, like, last year was, like, oh, shit. Like, he had a fucking very good season. I think he was a top ten, like, finished top ten MVP race. And then number ten, he plays with someone that's also a bucket getter, but I guess he scored more points than him last year. So, I don't know if this guy finished top 10 in the MVP voting. Well, I'm about to throw out there. This might be wrong. But I know he did score a bunch of points in the clutch to earn himself the clutch play of the year in De'Aaron Fox. No. No. Solid one. Damn. Um, No. I think he did average close to 25 points per game last year, though. Yeah, I just know he he was definitely leading the charge there. Uh yeah, he averaged 25 on the dot. Damn. Six and ten. Six and ten. Like, this is just like Seven crazy. and ten. Oh, seven. Seven, seven and ten. Yeah, but close enough. Yeah. It, this is hard because, like, when you run through the rosters in your head, like, when when names like Book, KD, Steph aren't in right. it. Right. When they're off the table, it's like, who else is there? One of those, one of them, I think, I think one of them, 
I'll be completely honest with you. I don't know if you're going to get number 10. That one's very hard. But number seven, you know this guy. You, 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 you definitely know this guy. Does he play in the East or the Western Conference? The Eastern Conference. And they were a good Eastern Conference team. A good Eastern Conference team. Let's run through that. In the- like a, a good Eastern Conference team. Did we mention his name earlier? His name has not been mentioned. No. Okay. Because I was really like in my head, I was like, could it be DeMar DeRozan? I know we talked about him a little bit, but it's not. Okay. Well, I wouldn't. He's not on this list, but I would keep that name in mind. Because somebody, Zach Levine. He's number 10. Okay. See, that's just some oddball. That's a weird one. Dude, him and Trey Young were separated by one point, bro. Like, yeah. So now you just need number seven. And this is the one that, like, more, like, when you think of this or when you hear it, it's going to make sense. It's just, like, very, like, out of the blue. Like, he was never a top ten scorer in the NBA. But this past year, he was was fucking really good. Was he an all-star this year? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. I don't even remember. John Morant? No, no, you missed, missed too no. much. No, he's on the um. Remember, he's on the East. Julius, uh, oh, yeah. uh, this okay. guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. You he's on the East. On the Eastern Conference, who plays in the East? Uh, this player played uh, seventy-seven games last year too. I'll tell you that. So he played most of the year. What an Iron Man! Actually, you know what we did? We we did mention him earlier, but it wasn't a part of the games, and it was a very like. T- like a very tiny part we brought him up in. Very, very tiny part we brought him up in. I forgot. We did mention him. But it was a very quick. Like, we didn't we didn't talk about him, but we mentioned him when we were talking about something else. His older years, when he was younger. He's a little bit older and a little wiser now. The only person that I'm thinking of is Chris Paul, but he plays for Golden no. State now. <laughs> like I'm trying to think, like what old head were we talking about? He's not old, but he's definitely like he's a vet at this point. Like he's 28. He's turning 29, like soon. I'll give you one more guess, one more solid guess, and then I'll I'll tell you who this is. 20. I can if you want another hint. I can give you I can give you one more hint as well. Let's hear the last hint. The last hint. Okay. He is... He's a forward. Forward. He's a forward. I'll tell you that. And he's 28 years old, and he got off this year. And we mentioned him briefly. Yes. So briefly. Like, I mean, like, we were talking about something else. We are like, oh, remember this? And then we moved on type of thing. You're gonna be I, I, I think you're gonna be upset. I probably am, but just lay it on me because I have nothing. Yeah. Okay. Right the guy that you're missing, number seven on this list, is Julius Randle. Oh my gosh, man! Right. That's just. But you it's, know what? I, I guess I spent a lot of time shitting on New York. Like, <laughs> I spent a shit ton of time. I like to see them be good because I'm from that. That like you know up north. 
area and stuff. But damn, Julius Randle just pissed me off. Then he had a shitty three-point shooting contest. And I don't (laughs) like that he settles for threes all the time like he's a knockdown shooter. Yeah, I mean. Shout out to Julius, man. I my bad. I should have got that. He averaged twenty five and ten last year, but he did shoot poorly from three. Only like thirty four percent from three. Definitely doesn't need to settle on those shots. I should. I really should have been able to guess that. That's I a tough been. one. Yeah. So it's like you have Anthony Edwards. I mean, I get Anthony Edwards, but that's like you know first time being on a list like this. Randall, Zach Levine. I mean, come on. Anthony, like you said, Edwards didn't really seem that hard to me. I felt like he was mm-hmm. a bucket last year, but. The Levine, I would have chose DeRozan over Levine because I feel I like Levine well. missed out on a lot more games. Or Levine only missed five games last year, surprisingly. Yeah, when I checked, I was like, I didn't think he played that much, but he did. Oh, he did. So, hey, you got most of them. You got nine out of ten of them. So, there's nothing to, uh, nothing to be ashamed of, Jerry. I'm still kind of mad. <laughs> it's all right. I'm still pissed about Westbrook, so we both have something to be mad about. <laughs> But that's what we got for games. So I think that's what we got for an episode today, Jerry. I think uh, I think that's all we got. Yeah, um, I'm at a I'm at a things on the on the agenda. You know, yeah, like, yeah, I'm nothing, like, you know, nothing this, more. This is really just for the Dame time. You know, we're still <laughs> waiting on that decision. To, yeah, that's right. When it's happening, it, but. maybe for episode three we'll have an update there. Maybe, but it's been dope, guys. Make sure you check out sitting courtside. Follow Dante on deck. You know, Jerry Denasian. The socials, everything is going to pop up in the description beneath us. But, yeah, guys, uh, tune in next week, man. Dante, any parting shots? We'll see you next week. Maybe Damian Lillard's a heat. Maybe he's not, but we'll find out. (laughs) (laughs) Peace.